And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. All right. Episode 11. Really? Really. Oof. We're recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All oh right. Boy. So what's up, everybody? Tony Gapastone here. And Rebecca Mosa. And we are kind of like overcrowded <laughs> in my office. There's barely any room. There's boxes of T-shirts and just stuff for the film festival. Everywhere. My desk looks like I don't even know what happened on there. It looked like a paper supply <laughs> store kind of vomited on top of it. I've got, oh my gosh. Anyhow, but we are. You need to take a behind the scenes <laughs> video of this. Yeah. We're not here to, to complain about all the hard work because it's actually, it is a lot of hard work, but it's super fun and it feels like we're doing something pretty big. This film festival, before we get into our podcast today, the film festival is only a few days, like three, four days away. Mm, I can't believe it. That's wow. nuts. So if you're listening to this on May 28th, 29th, or 30th, there's still time, or even the 31st of May 2019, there's still time for you to get your tickets to the Brave Maker Film Festival, the inaugural first ever three-day film festival. Mm. Whew, is right. We have 27 <laughs> filmmakers coming. Oh, my gosh. Which, yeah. you know, I was thinking about this. That says a lot. That says a lot that almost all, there's only, I think, um, the animated block of films and one documentary in which we do not have a filmmaker represented. Wow. Every other one has a filmmaker in attendance, which is really a big deal. It just tells me like we are, we're doing what filmmakers need. They want to mm-hmm. come. They want to engage with their audiences. They want to screen their films and talk about it. So, And really. it's so awesome that this is all coming to Redwood City. So Bay Area yeah. people come out and support. Yeah. We are like so proud of this experience that we're working so hard uh, to bring to you because we really, you know, the reason why I started it is I felt like not everybody gets to go to a Sundance or to a can or to wherever, but now it's in our backyard. So no excuses. Come on out, hang out. Tickets are as cheap as $10, $15 for one thing, or you can buy a $100 all access pass and there's a few good handfuls of those left. So check that out. Okay, so this episode is crazy. So I actually interviewed Trisha Russo in December. I just met her like within one day, and I knew we needed to bring her to Brave Maker. So we screened her film, Love Always Mom, at the end of, no, the beginning of May, May 13th, right after Mother's yeah, yeah, Day, yeah. which seems like it was so uh, long yeah, ago. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, no, that was, that was ages ago. Right? But, oh, my god. So what was your thoughts? So those who haven't seen the film, give them a little descriptor 
teaser without giving too many things away of uh, the story, but what was your experience meeting Trisha and seeing the film? Okay, well, I'll try because I'm horrible. I always want to give so many details and I, I give the film away, but Trisha is amazing. Her story is amazing. You know, when I heard about a film, you know, that follows her through a cancer journey, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is going to be heavy. And I, I was mentally preparing myself to watch it. But they did such a good job at balancing, you know, the raw details, the real life details. Mm-hmm. There was humor, mm-hmm. you know, and and you saw her sadness. And it was just such a good film. I I was, the whole time, I just couldn't take my eyes away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and she's just so full of love and such a positive person and such a strong person. So, yeah, I definitely recommend to see it. So love always, mom. We'll put the link in the show notes to her film and to her social media. She's been doing a good run of film festivals for the past year, so I'm not sure when it will be made public. Hopefully it'll be streaming sometime soon, but you can find out her next screening on her website. And just recommend saying uh, saying hello to her on social media. She's very responsive, although she's got a two-year-old. <laughs> she cares about people going through cancer and in the story, she also cares about people going through infertility and going through a journey of alternative ways of starting a family, like through surrogacy. Really cool. Which her surrogate was so cool. Um, Megan yeah. and her husband, who live in Stockton, California. So if you're in the Bay Area, you should definitely look them up too. They seem to be a really cool couple. Cool. Anything else we should say before people listen? No, I'm, I'm sure there's more, but my mind is so blank. And I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> we have a million things running through it right now, but... It's uh, it's really good just to get on here and touch base with the podcast world. Yeah, and, and you were gone for the past few podcasts, so it's good to have you back. Yeah, I fe- it feels a little foreign. It takes a second to get back into it. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's my voice again. <laughs> when you're listening to yourself talk with these big, ginormous headphones on, it's like <laughs> you are talking inside your own head to yourself, which you do on a normal basis, but this idea of your voice being amplified is really weird. So yeah. I get it. One thing I'll just say is I have this huge appreciation for all of the people who have supported Brave Maker mm-hmm. over the past year. I mean, they, this started a little over a year ago, April 2018. We officially launched the screening series in December 2018. And here we are, almost June 2019, <laughs> with the whole idea coming to life in a real big way. So super um, huge thanks to you who have financially supported us which, by the way, we have a generous anonymous donor who's matching all of the donations that come in this summer up to 25000 So one donation, if you give a dollar, gets doubled to two. If you give 1000 it gets doubled to 2000 So consider giving at bravemaker.com slash donate. But thank you to our financial donors, all the audiences, people who listen to the podcast, people who chime in on social media, and really extra huge thanks to the volunteers. So yeah. many people. I mean, I just feel like everybody who's volunteering, like this is, like they should be getting paid for this. They don't. Like Rebecca designing things and working on our t-shirts and she does a lot more than that. Obviously hosting the podcast. We've got people who do like pro bono, pro bono law for us. People who are coordinating volunteers. People who are behind the scenes making spreadsheets. The bane of my existence. <laughs> people who are doing <laughs> setup and takedown and I mean, I just, I'm like so awe, in awe of all the people who give their time. And so we're extending a huge thank you to you who volunteer and to those who are interested to volunteer after the film fest. We're going to regroup and uh, we haven't announced it yet, but September or something will be our next 
monthly screen that you're going to take the summer to do a little chill, do a little more creative stuff, do some prepping and some fundraising and maybe some of our own projects without any uh, major screenings unless there's something that pops up that, uh, that happens. But otherwise, we'll be back in September. We'll do some more podcasts, I'm sure, through yeah. the summer. But yeah. Okay, with that. And thank you, Tony. Uh, yeah, I have to say you. thank you to you too because all the hard work you put in for bringing us all along on the ride, mm. for having this vision, it wouldn't be here without you. So also thanks thank to you. Tony. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. I love it. I would do it even if I didn't get paid for it, which I do, but not that much. <laughs> but I still love it. There's a little extra hours in there. <laughs> all right, enjoy Trisha Russo with love always, mom. Bye. Brave stories change the world. You are the story. Okay, Brave Maker Podcast, sitting with a brave maker, filmmaker, Trisha Russo. Welcome. Thank you. All right, so we just met. Like I know. Two days ago. I know. Already synergy. I love it's it. It's happening. So you are in LA. You are a filmmaker. You are a brave maker. You are a mom. And you are a miracle story cancer survivor. Thank you. So talk to us about your film, Love Always Mom. Yeah, um, it's a feature documentary uh, that will be showing here at the Silicon International, Val- you know, Silicon Valley International Film Festival tomorrow. Yeah, we're actually in, we're here, in San Francisco. Like in the middle of stuff. <laughs> we're, we've been pitching our <laughs> next films, and we're right now in the Airbnb headquarters. Exciting. With our big old headphones. And I know, we're not in an Airbnb. We're not staying <laughs> in an right. Airbnb. No, we're in the freaking headquarters. headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the film is a feature documentary, and it's about a stage four breast cancer survivor who goes on a journey to build a family through egg donation and surrogacy. And I am that stage you four are. cancer survivor. So you are it's a brave me. maker on many levels. You bravely made a child in a very unique way. Indeed. So talk about Indeed. how the whole idea to put this story into a documentary came to be. Yeah, well, I, I, I used to work in indie film in New York, uh, eons ago it feels like now. Um, I got my MFA at USC in film producing. And then I went on to work at companies like Miramax and then ultimately Disney, uh, the motion picture division. And it was when I was working at Disney uh, as a CE there that I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I worked through my first year of treatment. I literally worked at Disney Motion Pictures and would walk across the street to the Disney Family Cancer Center for chemo treatments, While radiation. They have their own cancer no, it's not affiliated okay. with the the studio, but okay. they they donated the money to that's generous build the cancer yeah. just for me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was very convenient to yeah. continue work. And I was 30 when I was diagnosed, so. I was very young, and uh, I was really in the throes of building my career, and it was a huge uh, setback that I didn't want to be a setback, of course, in the moment, so I really held on tight, I held my grip, and I continued working while going through treatment. Um, and then when, and at that point I, uh, I thought that I was going to be on treatment for a few couple years and then I'd be able to get off treatment in order to have a child with my husband. 
Um, and how long have you been married at that time? Uh, we had been married since 2009, and I was diagnosed in late 2011. Okay. So we've been married for two years. But as of now, we've been together for 15, 15 okay. years. Okay. So the, having a family was always in our, our, our plan, but we were just very focused on our career yeah. in our 20s. And we thought the 30s, at some point when we felt ready career-wise, is when we would start to have a family. Mm-hmm. And when I was diagnosed, that plan became just kind of ripped out from under us and said, okay, well, you can't really even consider it for another couple years. Um, but before... Because just for listeners' sake, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, people would understand this, but the, the chemo, the radiation that you were going through mm-hmm. affects... The medication I'm even on every day, you can't carry a child while you're on it. Okay. Um, and they wanted me to be on that for ultimately for 10 years, but they said we can get you off for two harvest your eggs, and then you can have a child down the road. Because mm-hmm. um, we, all, we all know, I think we're a little bit in a fertility fog sometimes, but I think more people are starting to talk about, you know, infertility and, and how hard it can be mm-hmm. even to build a family when mm-hmm. you are don't have cancer yeah, right. or any other sort of medical right. problem. Um, but the uh, before that, we could even get to that part of building the family naturally or with IVF ourselves. Um, my cancer metastasized to my brain. I had brain wow. surgery. I decided to completely like blow up my career and leave uh, Disney and leave my wow. job in the business. Uh, I was becoming a little disillusioned sitting around a board room talking about making fairy tale movies mm. when my life was very much felt like it wasn't on the trajectory yeah. of a fairy tale. Uh, and I called up my friend Craig, who is uh, my co-producer, co-writer, co-director on the film, and said, I the only way that we're going to be able to have a family ultimately is uh, through an egg donor and a surrogate. Um, And I think there's a story here. I have no idea what this road's going to look like. So why don't we film it so other people have a resource for when they're going to go down the road? Mm -hmm. Um, So we picked up a camera uh, and just started filming. Was that scary (laughs) just to realize like you're leaving your job, Mm -hmm. but you're also going through this crazy, I mean, I used to use the word horrific trauma to your Mm -hmm. life, to your body, to your family, and then going, hey, I'm going to film it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was absolutely terrifying, but at the same time, it also felt like I was finally following my gut. Uh Um, It felt, I was, I felt lost when I first, I didn't leave the job and say, oh, I'm going to make this documentary. That's why I'm leaving because I want to make a film. I left the do- I left my job because I just didn't see my life doing this anymore. And I knew I needed to change something. Um, so I left the job first. It wasn't gotcha. like a wow. very well thought That's out brave. plan. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't necessarily about the fact that you had to survive cancer at that point. It was like you needed, regardless of the cancer, you wanted to do something more significant with your creativity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to become a, a brave maker yeah, in, in some way. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really know what that was going to be yet. And then I just looked at this, my life I was like, holy crap, yeah. this is, this is a story. Mm-hmm. However, it shakes out. And I really, I brought Craig on board because he had been making like inspirational kind of sports docu of, of content. And I had known him for years at that point, like 12 years or something like that. So we had a history. Um, he could lend objectivity to the project because he wasn't going through the everyday doctor's appointments and finding the egg donor and the story, all that stuff. Um, and wow. he, I also didn't know whether or not I was going to live or die um, watching the movie, like, wow. or making the movie. So I didn't know whether or not what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I needed somebody to see it through. And I told him, if I end up in the hospital, I'm basically on my deathbed. Keep filming. 
Wow. Like, just that needs to be shared also. Yeah. Um, so. so to give listeners a picture, the idea for the film comes because you are living this, this story. You're living the story, which is actually part of the tagline, right? Write your yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, so love always mom. The tagline is write your story, which when I saw that on your promo card, I was like, we have got to talk because that's our, our tagline is brave stories change the world. And you are that story, right? Mm-hmm. So you get the idea to start filming it. I mean, obviously you have all this background and all these connections, which is mm-hmm. great. You pull in your producer, Craig. Mm-hmm. When does it occur to you that maybe it did from the beginning when you're going to be making this film and you might not see it through and your child, you have a child that's coming that this might be the love letter to that child. How does that all come to be? Absolutely. I mean, I have to say this is like the third title that we had landed on. We had different titles from the beginning of like the story of us and Uh uh, all that kind of stuff when we were, when we were raising funding for it in the beginning. And then at a certain point we knew we needed a different title. And I knew from the beginning, I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to live or die making this film. So part of the film, as you'll see if you when you if and when you watch it is there's like a confessional series where basically I'm talking to camera mm-hmm. and I, I'm just kind of running people through the process but they're they also became almost like therapeutic video journal entries but also things that I wanted there's so much footage that didn't end up in the film of course where I'm like teaching my son how to cook a rotisserie chicken uh-huh. you know it's like I want to be wow. there for these moments yeah. and I don't know if I will. So he has like all the footage in the future (laughs) that I leave behind. Um, So when it came down to it, we were kind of figuring out the title, look, and animation package. Just thought, what am I really doing with this film? If if it's just for me and what other people want to share with their, say, child. And it's, I I sign everything off, love always. So it's like, I'd I'd sign the letter, love always mom. Mm -hmm. So that's how that came to be. So you pick up the camera when? I picked up the camera in early 2014. Okay. Um, and you had had cancer for how long at that point? I was diagnosed in December 2011. Oh, wow. And I had had brain surgery in February of 2013. Okay. So it was one year after I had brain surgery when my husband and I were like, okay, you're still alive. Because mm-hmm. uh, um, most people, when they metastasize to the brain, they have like a six-month window. Uh Nothing came back, and we were like, okay, maybe I can go harvest my eggs. We know it's risky, but let's give it a try, and that's when we picked up the camera, um, and then we, I wasn't able to, um, uh, and that's when we went on the search for the egg donor. Okay. So you start documenting in 2014 mm-hmm. when you're looking for the egg donor, mm-hmm. and then when does when do you find the surrogate, and how does that all come to be? Mm-hmm. Um, we first found, we found the surrogate in April of 2015. Uh, we found our egg donor in June of 2015 and then had to do like egg retrieval, egg transfer. And we got in the room for all of those things. Like the doctors were so open to working with us, to giving us access and those being in those, I mean, I cried like every time it was just not only because it was my child, I would cry if it was anybody. It's like miracles are happening. That's a miracle. I know. They're brave. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm in the wrong profession. Making I want to make babies this way. <laughs> if only I'd been good at science. So I had this other podcast <laughs> as well called Holy Cannoli, and I interviewed a surrogate, and wow. she gave birth to twins, mm-hmm. one round and another um, a single birth. Uh, she gave birth for a family who couldn't 
have children and then birth to two gay dads. And, Amazing. Uh, just this beautiful, beautiful They're story, angels. right? So you obviously, as you're doing all of these, what do you call like evaluations mm-hmm. and meeting people and checking, you have to give people's permission because they're on film too. How did that yeah, all go yes. as a documentarian? So it was crazy. I basically wrote them a letter before okay. I met them just so that if they didn't want to even consider it, I still... The, to me, the process of us having our family was kind of always first, and the film had to come second. Uh, I really was hopeful that I would find somebody who wanted to be a part of it, and we lucked out, and we did. So I basically wrote them. I, had, I formed a nonprofit, a 501c3, mm-hmm. to fund the film. The entire budget was raised. Super smart. So, you know, they, they were. it wasn't like they were doing something that was going to be lining my pockets if I ended up distributing it. Yeah. It was something for the greater good, which clearly they are already doing something for the greater good mm-hmm. by helping somebody build a family. Mm-hmm. So this is just another, you already know that they have some, uh, yeah. the heart and soul to them. Yeah. So, um, they both, like both women the, and their husbands and their significant others, should I say at the time, were totally on board and I was floored. So we got to film the first time we ever met each of them. It wasn't like, let's meet you. Oh, you know, would you be on camera? The letter was written in advance. They said we could film our first sit down with them. If we decided not to work together, we would decide whether or not we could use the footage sure. or not. Did it serve the story at that point? Yeah. Who knows? But it it's was a actually, great thing to interrupt saying, yeah. did it serve the story? It's yeah. just a great thing as a documentarian or even any filmmaker narrative. Mm-hmm. You're always asking yourself, does this scene, does this character, does he, do these lines, does this look does it serve the story? Yeah. And the greater story is your story that you're writing. So how interesting to have that when you're meeting people that this could be the donor or not. This could be the surrogate or not. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is most emotional because that's you being the center. You're the subject of your own film. Like, how was that I mean, whole story? I, that, that was, it was crazy because it was really, I really enjoyed it because it forced me to take a step back out of everything. You know, you could get really into the complexities of what you're doing um, or what's happening, but this let me take, like, I got to step in different shoes for a moment and try to look at things objectively and then say, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next step? And it also always, the process is so hard. The fertility journey Mm -hmm. is so hard Mm -hmm. um, that it also gave me extra incentive to always move forward. Um... I, a lot, I, I don't know what the statistics are, but I've, I've heard fertility doctors speak about the number of people who get started on the process, whatever it is, whether or not it's just an IVF journey or if it is a egg donor surrogacy, any of the combination thereof journey, yeah. um, that many people who start don't finish. Mm. Just too discouraging. It's you. I mean, we had a miscarriage during the process. So I mean, we ours was not seamless. Um, On top of the cancer of it all, because we we track uh, cancer scans and all that to to see if everything's going fine there. Um, And I, you know, it, it to me it really the film almost always incentivized me to move forward. Of I know I I almost I owe it to my this is what I want to do this is my dream but then there's like another dream on top of it and yeah. everyone kind of watching and cheering you along yeah who knew that we were making this film and who had donated to make the movie happen um, wow so it was very powerful too so filmmakers uh, listening you know there's so many different ways when people ask how did you start the business how'd you get into it how'd you make your film there's so many different ways to make a film mm-hmm. obviously this story is very personal this is a documentary. But Trisha started a 501c3 called... The Cyan Grey Hope Foundation. Which is... C-Y-A-N-G-R-A-Y. But we're creating media content that uh, is there to empower cancer survivors and the fertility challenge. Love it. 
That is so important. I just watched a film on Netflix called Private Life. Oh, have yes. Have you heard of it or seen I, it? I've heard of it and I have not seen yeah, it yet. I I'm, really need to I'm see sure it. I'm sure it'll be very emotional and triggering for you to watch, but yeah. it's about a couple trying to get pregnant and going through the IVF and finding a surrogate and egg donors. And so I empathize with this journey, but I love that you brought it to the screen. Thank you. And what's your ultimate, you know, what's the next step here? How can people find you? Hopefully yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, Brave Maker is connected to the film now. So yeah. uh, there'll be a screening at some time in the future, Woo-hoo. but how can people find it? What's the next step? And yeah. Hope? I mean, people can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at love always mom, the movie straight out um and the journey continues i like to say because my son is two years old uh-huh. and we're continuing to like document thank you yeah. it's it's amazing every phase of life is just so beautiful it's amazing people are people are so complicated in a way and how we totally. develop is so fascinating so i love i love seeing everything through his eyes um, but they can find us at Love Always Mom in the movie. We're continuing on the film festival circuit. We're working uh, to find a distribution deal right now. So hopefully we will have more for you in 2019. Great. Um, we have a few more minutes, it looks like. So I'd love to, we try to ask questions about yeah. what are some of the biggest challenges that you overcame and what did you learn from them? How can people learn from what you did to make this movie? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think some of the biggest challenges we overcame... I mean, the fundraising. Um, yeah, always. You know, the story wasn't... One, the story was happening, right? Because it was right. it was life, it was happening. So there was no waiting to get a full budget together before yeah. we could move forward on, on filming. Mm-hmm. So we had to be very scrappy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to call on a lot of friends and favors uh, to help us get started. And, you know, because when it wasn't like, I'm not going to wait six months yeah. to, to have... Because this the life was moving forward now. Yeah. Um, so we, d- we crowdfunded, which mm-hmm. is really challenging. It's a very difficult proposition. I mean, you see campaigns that do really well all the time, but for every, you know, yeah. campaign that Blood, goes, fail. yes. Um, you know, or failure is always relative. Like, yeah. what do you need? So we just kind of played the budget by what do we need right now? Asking for that. And then always having stretches and stretches and stretches. And we always hit the mark. Can you talk about budget numbers at all? Or I it... have to kind of like give yeah, that, sure. but we'll say, I, you know, we made the film for under a million. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And your um, distribution plan right now is what? Um, we have a sales agent, uh-huh. so fingers crossed. But, I mean, there's so... Uh, the distribution models out there are endless almost sure. right now, right? Where, whether it's an Amazon, you know, streaming or Netflix streaming proposition or iTunes or what have you, there's ways to get eyeballs on anything at this mm-hmm. point. So, which I, I kind of love about mm-hmm. where film and cinema mm-hmm. is going. Mm-hmm. It's very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're building our audience on the se- festival circuit. Yeah. And you've had a few festival screenings, some big yeah. ones. You told me about yeah. Gina Davis's in Arkansas. Yes. Bentonville Film Festival is a really awesome festival. And we, we went out there with very, you know, no expectations just go out there, premiere a movie, have some fun. And we ended up winning the audience award. Huge. It was extremely validating after all these years. Went to Catalina Island. We won Best the Fest over there. Um, so 2019 is just going to be screening the film. Um, I'm really hoping to build uh, some speaking engagements around the film so people come out, they, they can hear a Q&A, or they can go hear me speak. Um, I don't know. And, and I think it speaks on a more general level. Not just It doesn't just appeal to people who have cancer or people who are struggling with infertility. But hopefully it encourages everyone to be a brave maker and live their best lives every day. Love it. Write your story. You are the story. Write your story. And if you're listening to this, um, my hope is there will be a Brave Maker screening in Northern California in 2019. So potentially, I already sent my 
my, my programmer and creative development partner, Rebecca, who hosts this podcast with me, uh, all the information last night I that I got it. from it's your happening. card. So I was it's like, I think, happening. I think this is, a, this is a film we need to show. So um, what's, one thing, like, what's one thing you want to tell people who are trying to start that project, like to mm-hmm. conquer fears? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is the one thing so if you could? Somebody told me once, and I love this. Um, they said... Uh, fear is just excitement without breath. Mm. So just freaking breathe. <laughs> <laughs> just breathe yeah. and go float on that excitement and do it. Like do channel it. that, you know? Fear yeah. is just excitement. How long did it take you to make the film? Uh, we filmed for uh, three years. Three years. Uh-huh. And then it was about a year of post. Yep. So yeah. it's a long road. And meanwhile, you were living it and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. chemoing and all that stuff. So yeah. way to go. Thank you for sharing Thank the story you. with Thank us. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to meet everybody. Yeah. Come out to, to see the film. Brave Maker Film Festival. <laughs> there will be a screening near you. The film is called Love Always Mom and Love Always Mom Movie on all the socials. Yeah, all the, uh, Love Always Mom, the movie. Love Always Mom, the movie. We'll put that in the show notes and out on uh, all the socials through Brave Maker as well. Thanks, Thanks so much, Tony. Trisha. You're awesome. Right on. Love you. Bravemaker is a 501c3 non-profit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Thanks for listening to the Bravemaker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend.